Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Wait a minute, I tell you. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to the David Pollock Show. The David Pollock Show. I'm having a mess of a time in this studio today. I can't get my camera working. So if you're trying to, if you're trying to watch at home, I hope you have the audio. I hope you have the video. I'm not sure if you do, but we'll get through it. I don't know which headphones are mine. Man, we're having a lot of fun in here today. But that's okay because I'm a professional, and professionals like me deliver. And here comes Gabe telling me I'm a professional. I agree. And professionals like me give you everything that you deserve, and that is a great radio show, right, Gabe? Yes, sir. All right. I got headphones on. We're moving along. So we got an exciting show for you today. And I want to tell you here tonight, this is what I'm calling uh, the Listener Appreciation Show. Because now we've been on the air for a month now. This is our fifth show. That means we've been on the show for, I mean, on the air for a month. You guys are making the show a success. Our social media is growing. Our website hits are growing. You guys are signing up for the newsletter. Everything is going fantastic, and I don't have a show without you, the listeners. If you guys aren't listening at home, I'm just talking to them. I'm just talking to Gabe. It's just me and Gabe talking. That's me. That's Gabe. So thank you very much uh, for being part of the show, for listening, telling your friends about the show, and to all my friends and family out there who's been supporting the show, to my sponsors. You guys, thank you very much. Uh, we are going to do this together. And so... In honor of what I'm calling Listener Appreciation Show, you guys are the show today. I want you to call in. You know our number, 407-774-8255. Again, that's 407-774-8255. If you call in, as long as I can fit you in, I'm going to put you on the air today. I wanted to hear what you think about the show. It doesn't all have to be good. You want to call and yell at me? Go ahead. Just don't say any bad words. Okay, I'll have to drop you. So... This is your show today. We have a lot to talk about, though. So, But if you want to talk about something different, that is fine, too. But we got a lot on deck tonight. We're going to talk about Joe Biden's re-election announcement video. Not in person, but it's a video. We're going to talk about the Democratic Party, what, what the status is these days. Are they totally gone? Is it totally left? We're going to talk about something that's troubling right now, and that is what's happening in the, with the left and the U.S. Supreme Court, they're at war with the U.S. Supreme Court. They're trying to make it seem illegitimate. We're going to talk about that. And, of course, the debt ceiling fight. The Democrats are going to do everything they can do to make sure that the economy is going to collapse and are going to be able to blame Republicans for it. So, Gabe, I'm going to need you to run into the studio so you can play my audio clip for me. <laughs> this, I wish you guys could see on the camera here what we got going on. Gabe's over here doing a we're doing something with the computer. Anyway, so let's get right into it. Oh, actually, I want to mention to this before I get started. Now, I'm not making fun of this. These are people I actually feel kind of bad for. But Gabe, have you heard about this? Have you heard about uh, something called transabled people? Oh no. This this is a new thing. There's something called transabled people, and apparently. 
These are people who always identify as being handicapped. Doctors and they get surgeries where they like they'll sever their spines and one who made herself blind. She was, I think, Doctor Phil, but she was talking about how she identified as being a blind person. She chemically blinded herself, and she she's happy about it. She was asked about it. This is so it went from being uh, an actual like a mental health disorder, and now they're redefining it essentially. Instead of being a psychiatric condition, they're saying it's it's like an it's it, they're choosing to identify as handicap. Anyway, there's an article about it. It's um. I'm going to put a link to it up on our social media and uh, so you guys can see it there. you got to check it out. Transabled. It's a thing now, so I guess stay tuned for that. Um, but let's get right into it. So Joe Biden now, has uh, he's seeking re-election. And instead of doing like a big announcement with cheering people, holding signs, uh, he issues this video and he is Dark Brandon. And so here it is. Cut one. Here's Dark Brandon announcing his re-election campaign. And I'm going to mess with the camera while you guys are listening to this. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. Hope you guys are being inspired. That's why right I'm now. running for re-election. He's running for re-election. Because I know America. He knows it. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect. Which is hilarious, because I'm going to tell you all the different lies that he that tells nation, about his record. I got some t-shirts here if you need some. We believe that everyone uh, is I'll equal, just use my sleeve. That everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed. These are, these are conservative tears. They don't need to be wiped. Well, every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand I can't even listen to this anymore. Freedom. This is good enough, Gabe. All right. So that's Joe Biden's re-election video. Now, he's not even like he this tells you something, guys. And remember, he was elected in a basement and now he's running for re-election, uh, assuming in the basement. I don't even know where he is now, but <laughs> maybe in his garage with all the classified documents. So his announcement is a video, not a rally in front of screaming fans and adores like Trump would do. This is a video. Hey, uh, uh, listen to this well-produced video because he couldn't stand in front of a crowd and get through a speech about running for re-election. It would be no energy. And, and we all know what they're trying to do here. I mean, you guys have seen Fetterman. The, he, he's had a stroke. 
He's been in the hospital for depression. He can't. Or he, he's not functioning in the Senate right now, and that's just fine. If, for the left, you really don't need to be a functioning politician in order to kind of do your thing. And, and Gabe, I'm going to pull up this Trump clip in a minute, so don't just we'll, we'll guess we'll get it later. But anyhow, let's take a look at Biden's actual record here. Okay, they, you know, the, then the left has been out uh, lying to their best ability, talking about all all of Biden's records and and, and everything that's at stake. You know, if you care about voting rights, women's rights, LGBTQ rights, civil rights, if you care about it, protecting our children from gun violence and protecting our environment, protecting Social Security, Medicare and democracy itself, Joe Biden will be your next president. I mean, these are the kind of things that are out there. They're making it seem as the world is falling apart. They're making it fall apart. But at the same time, that they have the solution for all these problems they create. But here's Biden's actual record, okay? Let's talk about this. Biden trails only Carter in inflation. Prices have jumped 15%. Since he was sworn in energy, if you guys have gone and filled up your gas tank, 37.2 percent, it's the largest increase of any of the past seven presidents. It's more expensive to heat your home, cool your home. It's more expensive to fuel your cars. Everything is more expensive. Yet they refuse to allow us to do domestic oil. Hey, I got my camera working. They refuse to allow us to do domestic oil production. And we're going to talk about HB1 here a little bit later. The Republicans have proposed plans to get your energy prices down, but they're refusing. Fine. Rent costs have gone up. Rent costs have gone up. The economy. They've missed forecasts for the last seven of the last eight GDP reports. Banks are collapsing. First Republic just, just had to be taken over the other day by the FDIC. It's the second largest bank failure in the history of the U.S. Healthcare. Is it affordable for you guys? <laughs> you know, since Obamacare, I don't know why they call it the Affordable Health Care Act. It's the Unaffordable Health Care Act. Let's talk about jobs. Biden's out there talking about how great he is at creating jobs. The greatest job producing president in U.S. history. Employers adding a record 6.74 million workers. Yet, do you know that that the wages, though, they're down? 5.2% to 3 3.2% since he took office. So, they have all these extra they have all these extra jobs, but yet you're getting paid less and your money's not going anywhere. I mean, you talk about foreign affairs. Do you guys not remember the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal? I mean, we can go on and on. The Middle East is unsafe right now. The global dollar is about to be taken off the global currency and we'll talk about how the debt ceiling is going to impact that soon. I mean, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And this guy's out here bragging like he's the best president since Trump. <laughs> I mean, and you look at racial issues, racial tension. What, what has he done to heal America? He's caused more racial division in this country, not more, not less. Same thing with Obama. I mean, these lies just go on and on and on, these phony record. But guys, it's like this. We know, you know at home, I don't care if you're a Republican or, Dem- I mean, be Republican, but if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat, you're NPA, you don't pay attention to politics, whatever, you have to look at your life. Is your life any better with Joe Biden as president? Honestly, forget all the social BS. You've got to just forget about it because it's all, it's made up. It's to distract you from the real things that are going on in your life. When you go to the store and you're doubling your credit card, I have a, I use a credit, some financial device like Dave Ramsey here, Dave Pollock on financial advice, pay your credit cards. I use a credit card for gas and groceries, so I get my points. And I have a credit card that I use for everything else, so I get my points. But my gas and grocery credit card doubled in the last two, doubled. 
Joe Biden's economy is hurting all Americans. And it's hurting more people than any of these made-up trans issues. So when, you, when, when the next election comes around and Trump is standing on stage next to Biden, yeah, it might be two grumpy old men uh, arguing with each other. And it might be entertaining. But you have to ask yourself, which one of those grumpy old men are going to make your groceries cheaper, your gas cheaper, going to make the world safer? You know it's not Joe Biden, regardless of what his video says. I'm going to go take a break. We'll talk to you in just a couple of minutes. And Jesse, we're going to get to you. We have Jesse Phillips on line one. Just stay put and let's go to a commercial. Back to the David Pollack Show. My superhero, Gabriel. Gabriel. Here. He got my camera working. He's on point with the cuts, running in and out of the studio, playing great music at the breaks. Ugh, I've been dancing here, man. Do you have a round of applause sound back there? If you can find one, yeah. Next time you have a minute, cue it up for you. You deserve gotcha. a round of applause. And I need to tell you guys something here. I- I've been getting a lot of feedback about Gabe. They're like, Gabe needs to get better on those cuts. (laughs) I'm going to fall on my sword here, Gabe. It's my fault. I'm figuring this out. I have all, I hand him, I'm going to show my people who are watching online. You can actually see video. I have these cut sheets and I tell them, cut one, cut two. And sometimes they have to be queued up. Sometimes they're not right. I'm getting the hang of it. This is a new You're dyslexic too. (laughs) Can't even say it. I know. Speech impairment as well. (laughs) But... (laughs) But he actually does an amazing job, and so sometimes I tell him the wrong cut. Sometimes I don't recognize it. So it's not Gabe, it's me. He is doing a spectacular job. He's a superhero. He saved the day. And if you guys are looking at my pretty face, if my kids can see my chest hair poking through my shirt, texting me and making fun of me, it's because of superhero Gabe. So that's Here a- I come to save the day. <laughs> oh, man. Let's bring in Jesse Phillips. Jesse, are you on the line here? I, I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, yes. And for those people at home, this is Jesse Phillips from Winter Springs, Florida. He's a superstar in the in the political world. One of the smartest political minds that I know. Um, and he dis- he wants well, to join yeah, the show. You're, you're being real nice there. Being real nice. Well, you, you called, so I have to be nice. <laughs> you know, a minute ago you were talking about having a round of applause sound effect. I, I was expect I was expecting that on my first call in. Oh, so uh, you know, let's. Let, can I call in again when, when we have that queued up? Yes, but you have to say, long-time listener, first-time caller. Then you get the round of applause. That's Speaking right, of right. that, of actually, let me throw this number out there, because as I mentioned earlier at the beginning when I'm running around, crazy person here, like a true professional that I am, um, the number to call in is 407-774-8255. And if you're driving, don't take your hands off the wheel to write it down. Just wait till you're stuck in traffic. Or maybe take another lap around the block and pull over safely and write down 407-774-8255 so you can call in. It's your show. It's it's listener appreciation show. Ah, round of applause for Jesse and Gabe and the listeners out there. There we go. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. So, so Jesse, I'm not sure if you heard if you were when you're on hold if you heard uh, what we were talking about, but um, I even have these audio clips to talk about Tulsi Gabbard here and RFK Jr. Maybe we'll get to it in the eight minutes I have before my hard break, but. What do you think? Joe Biden's running for president again. Trump's running against him. I know DeSantis is going to 
probably pop in the race. We have some other people popping in the race. I mean, all the polling is out there showing that Trump is pulling ahead in the primaries. He's still going to be indicted in 17 places, most likely. And there's going to be a lot of pressure from both the inside the party and outside the party to make sure he doesn't get the nomination. But looks like he's going to be the nominee. Um, Joe Biden's record, everybody knows it if you're realistic and honest with yourself. What do you think the chances of Trump getting reelected in 2024 might be? Well, look, I mean, I, I was talking to somebody recently and I I said, you know, David Pollack or Jesse Phillips would get reelected if they're running against Joe Biden. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm conflicted on a couple of different levels because on one hand, you know, I, I'm ecstatic at the fact that the Democrat Party is actually going to likely nominate this guy again. Um, and he's the, the thought of him on a stage having to run against on his deplorable record is, is a gift to the Republican Party. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned that there might be a, a bait and switch at some point, you know, because I, I just can't see it. I mean, how, how do you actually, you know, give the nomination to this guy again? I mean, he's, he's incoherent. He can't articulate a thought. Uh, whether it's talking about his policy or uh, his record, I mean, and they're going to put this guy up there. I mean, that that would be an absolute gift. I, I and I'm actually interested in your thoughts on the whole Twitteroo theory. I mean, it, are, are we being set up? I love are, it when my guests interview me. At the last minute to pull the plug and put somebody <laughs> else as as the nominee. Hey, well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, look, you might. I mean, you remember. Um, the 2016 election. Hillary Clinton had challengers. They scheduled the debates on Saturdays during football so nobody can see. Look, it's a Democratic Party. It's a Democrat. They can choose their nominee. And they have their superdelegates. They have their system. Look, it's so funny because they govern the country like they do their primary system. And that's they don't really want the people to have a, as much as they complain about we need democracy, even though we're a republic. Democracy is a key word for social, socialism. But as much as they go and talk about democracy, they don't have democracy in their primary system. They have superdelegates. They don't let the people uh, yeah, actually exactly. choose who the nominee is. And so, and, and so are you asking if a party that likes to control everything uh, is happy having Joe Biden? Of course, because all he has to do is sit there and eat chocolate chip ice cream and, and make jokes well, off well, a teleprompter. At the end of the day, you have to, day, you have to win. Well, but they will. And at the end of the day, you, you have to put them on a debate stage, and they won't put them anywhere. Listen, they'll juice him up for the debates like they did before. It's, the problem was, and let's go back to 2020, and I am going to avoid any um, election integrity discussions right now because that could take us down a rabbit hole. But whatever. <laughs> 2020 was 2020. <laughs> Uh, Trump was burdened by COVID. We all know this. I I think Trump lost his way a little bit, and I think Trump would even agree himself. Um, He was very, very distracted with what was going on in the country. He was getting a lot of bad advice from a lot of bad people. One thing that that always I never really understood about Trump, he's a brilliant businessman, as all the Democrats listening to this. And I do have friends that are Democrats, believe it or not. They they they. Pretend they're not friends with me, and after they listen to the show, they're probably not friends with me for at least a couple days until they get over it. <laughs> but, you know, they'll be like, leave him alone. But anyway, um, but if you remember uh, during the debates, he, he wasn't himself. You know, he felt very aggressive and he was getting a lot of, of, of bad advice. And this is the thing I don't understand about Donald Trump. As smart as he is as a businessman, that was my that 
was the tan. I just lost my train of thought and I talked around it because I am a professional. What I was going to say is, as smart as Donald Trump is, and this is where my liberal friends would be like, no, he's an idiot. As smart as he is, how does he keep surrounding himself with such terrible people? Like, he keeps putting people in these important positions that stab him in the back at every step of the way, even during COVID. I mean, maybe I guess he's just trying to be diplomatic. But, Jesse, who hasn't stabbed him in the back? Even his attorney general, Bill Barr, is like, he's the weakest candidate in this thing. The swamp wants to eat this guy alive, and he keeps putting him in important positions. Half the swamp is running against him. I mean, I think that's well, the problem. That's always, that's always been true. I mean, he that, that was his whole M.O., and, you know, the average, I don't want to say Republican voter, I mean, the average person is completely disenfranchised with virtually everything, you know, that is coming out of D.C. from both parties. And so he was the he was the perfect man with the perfect message, you know, for that cycle. And, you know, it looks like he'll be, you know, the nominee again. I mean, it's, it, you know, look, we our, our the Republican Party is not as top down, you know, as the Democrat Party is. So there's a little bit more of an influence that the grassroots can have. But like you said, you know, when you look at the polling, you know, Trump, Trump's already over 50 percent. And, yeah. you know, when he made his big surge, you know, back after the escalator speech and shocked the world coming onto the scene, do you, do you remember what he spiked up to when he made his initial push? And, and like the, 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 the polling average? But tell me. A little, a little bit of trivia. I know something David Pollard doesn't know. <laughs> anyway, he, he spiked up to 30%. Yeah. That was the big push. He spiked up to 30%. Everybody else was down yeah. know, about 15 or 20 points below. I mean, he's already at 50%. Yeah. And, you know, like this is a completely different field than it was last time. Well, and, and it's basically his to lose unless something drastically changes. But but tell me, what, what could possibly change at this point? Well, no, no it's nothing's going to change. Gonna say? Well, he could be indicted. Like, really? He, well, he <laughs> like, is. No, like, I mean, the he, they're going to continue. It's already happened. Yeah, but they're going to continue to indict him. And that's the thing, uh, like I mean, Georgia. Gonna, what is it going to accomplish? What, what has it done? Well, it's going to make him more popular. And, and that's the thing. The exactly. more the more they go after him, and, and I've said this on, on a couple of different shows. When t- I talked to Tim Murtaugh about this. Uh, Tim Murtaugh was Trump's uh, communications director in 20, for the 2020 campaign. He was talking about how, uh, you know, Trump becomes more popular the more they go after him. And, and that's what's going to happen. So the more, the more he gets indicted, the people are going to come after him. And, and here's the deal. There was a period, and look, I saw Trump in Miami um, before he announced. It was, or it might have been after, I don't remember. It was during the uh, the last campaign cycle. And his energy wasn't quite there. Even his announcement speech at Mar-a-Lago, his energy wasn't quite there. There was actually a legitimate question of, man, does he have the energy? But, man, the gift they gave us, if you want Trump to get reelected, with having him uh, you know, indicted. And he's only going to get more popular. And, and I guess we'll just have to see where it goes. Jesse, I'm getting ready to go to a break. I love that you called in. Be a longtime listener, longtime caller. You're welcome to call in at any time. I, I have listened to every show, my friend, every show. You're doing a great job, and uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. And again, if you want to be part of the show, 407. Yeah, there's Jesse's applause. <laughs> 407-774-8255 is the number to call if you want to be on the show. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of things. The debt ceiling and the war against the Supreme Court. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. Listen to these words from our sponsors. Do business with my sponsors and enjoy this music.
Let that music go. Let it go. He's telling me I'm on the air and I should. But come on, it's the Top Gun song. How do you turn it off? What a perfect movie, right? The original Top Gun was awesome. And then they do a remake that's even more awesome or just as awesome as the original. In a time where everything is being remade, woke and terrible, they remake Top Gun. And it's just awesome. If you haven't seen the new Top Gun and they are not a sponsor, you need to go and watch Top Gun. And I actually watched it when I was on an airplane. And if you haven't watched a Top Gun movie on an airplane, it makes turbulence a lot more fun. I just remember I'm bouncing along. I'm like Tom Cruise. I'm going down that little course. So anyway, a little tangent on that. But good music, Gabe. Good job, as always. Thank so, you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so getting right into it, okay, guys? I titled this segment, Supreme Disrespect. And here's the deal. Nobody's talking about this right now. And you guys need to be. Because I'm going to fortune tell something here. I'm going to tell you the future of what is coming. Because what Democrats like to do, and and a good friend of mine over the weekend, I call him Agent Carter, he was uh, talking about how they're like villains, Democrats. They're like, they always kind of tell you their plans. You know how like in a a scene in the movie where the villain is like, looks like they're going to end the hero. And they're like giving you their whole speech of, this is how I did it. And in that time, the hero can escape. (laughs) <laughs> they always do that. I mean, I think the most famous example is when Hillary Clinton at a debate said to Trump in 2016, oh, and then there's Russia. And Trump's like, Russia? I don't know anything about Russia. Oh, but boy, did he learn something about Russia. So now the Supreme Court, if you guys remember, as part of the last campaign um, in 2020, this idea of packing the court, um, this whole Supreme Court fight, I mean, and this is even talking about the fights we had for Kavanaugh and all those other crazy things. But um, if you remember... Uh, they were talking about going after the Supreme Court, packing the Supreme Court and doing all these things, but they couldn't get past uh, Joe Manchin's threat of a filibuster. So they couldn't do what they wanted to do because they didn't have the votes in the Senate. So all of these things are happening right now. And, and a lot of people say this. And so it's not just me saying it, but and Obama really was probably the best at doing this, where ask for forgiveness instead of permission. We know it's not going to be constitutional, but we're going to do it anyway. And then by the time the Supreme Court gets around to telling us we couldn't do it, well, now you've already gotten used to it. This was like the Obama Supreme Court doctrine. And, but we're in different times now, right? Now they keep doing things that are unconstitutional, but these are really big things that we're talking about. The Supreme Court is making decisions on huge things like abortion, like elections, and all of these things. And most... Uh, most recently to come, this whole Trump indictment domino thing is going to end up in the Supreme Court because you can't have all these places trying a former president. And inevitably, this stuff is going to get appealed. At some point, the Supreme Court is going to have to take control over this. And there's a lot of other things the Supreme Court's going to have to make some decisions about coming up here. So think about this. We have the Supreme Court telling Democrats that they can't do all the things they want to do because it's unconstitutional. And those bad, bad conservatives on the Supreme Court. It's their fault. So, in preparation of the expectation that the Supreme Court is going to continue to not go their way, they've started this effort to delegitimize the Supreme Court. I don't know if you guys are paying attention to this, but you need to be. They're making little hints on Twitter. They've gone Most recently, they've gone after Clarence Thomas. They're going after Kavanaugh. They're talking about um, his investigation in the Senate wasn't good. They're talking about Roberts' wife making money as a headhunter. They're talking about all, you know, all of these. They're trying to basically corrupt all of these Supreme Court justices, and now they're trying to pass this, this bill, the Supreme Court Ethics Act, 
suggesting that it, re- it would require justices of the Supreme Court to adopt and follow a code of ethics, places transparency standards on gifts and travel, codifies recusal standards, and requires the court to disclose lobbying and dark money interests before it. What they're trying to do is create this assumption. And I know I got Scotty Moore hanging on the line there. Don't worry, Scotty, I'll get to you. I got I to gotta let the listeners know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> and I got plenty of time for you. Um, so what, what they're trying to do is kind of create this narrative that the Supreme Court doesn't have ethics. They, they don't have any oversight. This, only insti- this institution isn't above the law. They're not above ethics. How could they operate independent of overs- congressional oversight, investigations? Senator Durbin recently demanded that the chief justice of the United States States Supreme Court come and offer testimony in front of him about their ethical practices. John Roberts, in the most uh, scholarly way, told him to, you know, told him what he can do with his uh, request for him to appear in front of him. And I'll put that up on our social media for you guys to read at the davidpollockshow.com. Well, if you go to Facebook on The David Pollock Show or if you go to my website, davidpollockshow.com, I'll put that up there for you guys so you can see. But John Roberts basically said... Um, We have a code of ethics. We've always had ethics. The lower courts have ethics. We follow our own ethics. It's never been an issue. And by the way, that black robe that they wear, it's it's the robe of impartiality. And if you, yes, Supreme Court justices are appointed by either Republicans or Democrats. The funny thing is, it's only the Republican justices that actually look at the Constitution and really make angry uh, the uh, Republicans that appointed them. I mean, let's not remember, we wouldn't have th- a lot of these cases that Joe, uh, Judge, um, Justice Roberts voted down. We're like, oh, it's always a thing where the justices disappoint the party that puts them in power, with the exception of the left. The radical justices, well, they're always making decisions on party lines. So that black robe is supposed to be a cloak of impartiality. Now, I'm a lawyer. And I can tell you, judges are held to the highest standards. The, the appearance of impropriety is the standard in which we hold judges to. You have to do everything above board. Everything has to have, you cannot have the appearance of impropriety. And so what they're trying to do is make it seem like all of these judges are, are doing things that are unethical. And they're trying to take all these, all these examples. But here's the deal. You know it's not true. But it's not going to stop them from making you feel like it is. And Gabe, let's get cut five up here. And this is this is just a taste of what they're out there doing. They're full on campaign to destroy the court. Go ahead. Cut cut five. The streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, (laughs) my mother, your parents. Doesn't matter. We're going to take that out. Cut five was supposed to be uh, the Mehdi Hassan show talking about a legitimacy crisis from TikTok. Do you have that? It's right there. (sighs) All right. (laughs) Let's try. It's not there. It's not there. Let's try to go to cut six then. You got cut six? This one is Gabe's fault. He's going to get it up for us. All right. So <laughs> cut six. Okay. Cut six is Senator Peter Welsh. He's saying we have a crisis on the Supreme Court. You have it? No. All right. No, there's no cut six. 
All right, so we got to fix these problems here, guys. <laughs> so essentially, they're out now running around telling people, we got this crisis on the Supreme Court. We have all of these things are going on. These people are taking money. Uh, they're, oh, they're enriching themselves. The investigation, they're making up all of these lies about our Supreme Court justices, and, and it won't stop. And now they're calling for Clarence Thomas to resign. I think you remember that just from the other day. They're, Clarence Thomas needs to resign because he went on vacations with friends with money. Oh, and, and people have issues before the court. And then you have Shifty Schiff out there. You remember him from the uh, impeachments. He just says whatever he wants. Uh, first, we learned Justice Thomas sold property to a wealthy conservative activist. Now we learn that Justice Gorsuch sold property to a lawyer whose firm had numerous cases in front of the court. Neither were this closed to the buyer. <laughs> and he says, how much more proof do we need of why the court needs a code of ethics? Here's Richard Blumenthal. Another great, great senator. Chief Justice Roberts dodging responsibility and declining to appear before our committee is another example of the Supreme Court thinking it doesn't have to answer to anyone. Now you owe the court's betrayal of the public trust. You know, this is the kind of stuff that's out there right now. The Schiff just did now. This is actually today from Adam Schiff. The Supreme Court was packed by Mitch McConnell to reform it. We must expand it, limit its terms, adopt a code of ethics. Otherwise, the loss of reproductive rights is just the beginning. So you see what they're doing, guys. They're at, they're literally waging war against an entire separate institution. I want to bring in Scotty Moore. Scotty Moore, are you on? I'm here. All right. And, and by the way, Gabe, I'm getting text messages from people uh, that they, there are people are having problems calling in. So if you are out there, 407-774-8255 trying to call in, um, that'll be another magic trick that Gabe's going to have to do um, because I, it's either busy or just people can't get through. Maybe that's great. Maybe y'all are trying to call. But right now I have Scotty Moore on the line. Scotty Moore was the Republican nominee in CD9, did an excellent job, overperformed against Darren Soto. He's running again. Scotty Moore, welcome to the show. Thank you. Honored to be on the show. I've been a longtime fan. I've watched almost every episode uh, on Facebook Live and here. And you have amazing guests, great stuff. So I really appreciate you allowing me to be a, be a part of this. I do have amazing guests. You're on the show. Hey, and man. Okay. <laughs> round of applause for Scotty if you got it. There, My dude. mother, your parents. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived of you. <laughs> that, that weird video that from Cut 5 is still playing. I don't even know what that is. Anyway, um, now I'll tell you all something at home. Uh, Scotty Moore, on the first show, I know I sound like a professional. Um, I was, and, and I know I can talk all day long, and those of you who know me would be shocked if I told you I, I would be worried that I didn't have something to say. But in my first show, I was so worried that I would go live on air and I wouldn't have anything to say. And I had guests and but what if they didn't call? So I'm like trying to be extra prepared, probably anxious. And I'm like, Scotty, will you do me a favor? Will you just call in for the first show and just stay on the line in case something goes wrong and you're there? And this and Scotty Moore, one of the nicest people I know. And, and if I don't know if you guys all remember Scotty and you should know Scotty. If you don't know Scotty, uh, we'll figure out. We'll tell you how to find Scotty. Scotty's one of the nicest people that I know. This man stayed on the phone for an hour on my first show. Just in case I needed somebody. That's the kind of guy Scotty is. So, Scotty, it is my honor to have you on the show. And now let's get back on topic here. We're talking about the Supreme Court. My cuts aren't working. That's fine. It's just the day we're having on the uh, guest appreciate. I mean, the listener appreciation show. <laughs> so they're getting they're getting a real treat today. <laughs> so what do you hey, think? This is this is real life. This is radio. <laughs> but uh, 
Listen, it was uh, it was my honor to be on the sh- uh, on hold. I listened to a show. The first show it was a great show. Your shows are, are, are on on par, man. They're right there. Uh, here's the thing about what we're experiencing right now. When when we had Senator Cruz endorse us, he was we were campaigning with them, and he he told me something that I thought was profound and very true. He said, you know, Scotty, the liberal media is the largest super PAC that the Democrats have working for them, and so they're pushing a narrative. They're pushing, and they're trying to say now, hey. The Supreme Court's not ethical. And in fact, that's just not true. Yeah. But they're trying to do whatever they want, and they're pushing an agenda, and that's what we're seeing on display right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and But the, the problem I have with it, and, and this is – and we've talked about this on several shows. They want to – it seems as if in order to win, the left is willing to burn the house down with us inside. The Supreme Court is a sacred institution. It hears matters of our Constitution, our holiest document, the thing that makes America, America. The justices, they, oh, he got a video. <laughs> the justices are in a place where we have to respect the law and lawyers. And, and as a lawyer, we take what they say and, and it means something to us. I mean, this creates case law, the things that other decisions, I mean, the, the Roe v. Wade overturning in Dobbs. Uh, this is a perfect example of how monumental and how important the Supreme Court is. It can't be a political body. As a matter of fact, they have rules called political questions where they won't hear things that are political. They 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 sit in the middle during the State of the Unions. Even though, and if you remember, during Trump's State of the Union, who was it? Was it Ruth Bader Ginsburg that was sleeping? I don't even remember at some point. But there was this whole controversy yeah, where they were start, yeah they were like showing their disdain for Trump which shows you that the, there is no institution that's above the bias that the left has for Trump. But but that's the thing. You cannot delegitimize an entire co-equal branch of government to serve your political agenda. If what you're doing violates the Constitution and the Supreme Court says so, and by the way, that letter that John Roberts sent to Durbin saying we're not coming, it was signed by every justice on the Supreme Court, even the Democrats. So the Supreme Court is unanimous in saying that, hey— we can take care of our own over here. You guys just worry about yourself. And by the way, the House has their own oversight. They do their own ethics. And you want to talk about ethics reform? When is right. the Congress going to reform their ethics? You have people that, a perfect example of, of, of Shifty Schiff. The dude makes $200,000 a year and his net worth is like $60 million. You want to talk about ethics reform? Look in a mirror. But this is what we expect from Scotty. Can you hang on so I can go to a break and then we'll talk a little bit more? Absolutely. All right. Stand by. Exciting David Pollock show, the fifth ever David Pollock show, and it's listener appreciation. And in honor of our listeners, we've messed everything up. Yeah. <laughs> got cameras not working for people at home. We got cuts cued funny. Phones aren't working. <laughs> what is going on here today? Well, I hope you guys are having a good time at home listening and and uh <laughs> Uh, Scotty Moore is still on. And now, listen, I want to put another number out there for callers. Uh, Gabe has come through again. He says, hey, you know what? 
If you can't get through on the main line, we have a second secret number just for the David Pollack Show listeners. Are you guys paying attention? It's a secret. You ready? I'm whispering. I'm whispering like Joe Biden in the microphone. Dark David. <laughs> the second number, if you guys want to, I feel like it's bingo. L. So is it an L in bingo? No. G6. Um, 407-774-4047 is the number to call in if you can't get through to the 8255. I'm going to give that number again. 407-774-4047. If you want to be part of the show, call in. Tell Gabe, hey, I want to be part of the show, and hopefully you can get through and we'll put you on. I still have Scotty Moore on the line. Scotty Moore, you still there? I'm still here, man. All right. I'm going to shift gears a little bit, but I'm just going to point out a couple other things. Now, here's what Twitter is saying right now about the Supreme Court. Here's Elizabeth Warren, our favorite uh, our favorite Native American. We must bind mm-hmm. Supreme Court justices to the same code of ethics as all other federal judges. We must require judges and their spouses to publicly disclose their conflicts of interest. My Judicial Ethics and Anti-Corruption Act does both. I wish she would create a uh, Anti-Corruption Act for herself. But... Anyway, this is what we're dealing with. You guys, I hope, if nothing else you get from the David Pollack Show, is that you realize that they are going to say whatever they want. You need to inform yourself. You need to educate yourself. If something sounds funny, research it. Figure it out for yourself. Do not take their word for it. So let's pivot here to the debt ceiling, because this is another thing that I don't think we're talking about enough. Now, of course, the Democrats are already out there talking about how uh, Republicans are, are cutting funding to the VA. They're, they're taking your Social Security benefits away. They're doing all these terrible things. And they're talking about with the debt ceiling. Now, if you guys remember, and if you've been paying attention to politics for a while, uh, you'll remember that this debt ceiling fight happens like always. <laughs> I mean, every single administration, we have these threats of government shutdown, debt ceiling. I think under Obama, we even had... Uh, Gosh, what was that called? Scott, do you remember what that called? Sequestr- sequestration was the compromise that they did. To, and then they cut all the bund- funding across the board. And, you know, to, we've, here's the thing, though. And if you guys look, there's, I'll put this article up on our social media as well. Um, our debt is out of control. Republicans, Democrats, you guys are all responsible. We cannot be $31 trillion in debt. How are we going to make that up? What are we selling? We're not producing any. What are we going to What can we do to make up $31 trillion? You're talking about pain? I mean, we're talking about right now they're talking about raising the debt ceiling $1.5 trillion. To make up $30 tr- we'll never pay off that debt, right? We can't claim bankruptcy. I don't know what we're going to have to do, but we keep kicking this can down the road. And you and I, Scotty, were talking about that offline before. But here's the deal. And here's what makes me really, really nervous. I talked about uh, a a while back when uh, I was on The Buff Show, I wrote an article called uh, Build Build Back Bolshevik. And you can find that on the davidpollockshow.com and on thebuffshow.com. Thank you, Matt Buff. But we talked about how they're trying to destroy the U.S. economy to build it back socialist. We want the economy to collapse. We want prices of goods to go up. We want you to not be able to buy the things you buy. This is all by design. And what's scary is this. We've always found ways to get through the debt ceiling and kind of just, you know, fine, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But think about this. If we default, what happens? You know that the U.S. right now, we are teetering on the edge of not having the dollar being the global currency anymore. Man, wouldn't a default just be the perfect thing to collapse the U.S. economy? And who would be sitting there holding the bag, according to our fake news media? 
It's going to be Republicans. You had control of the House. You had control of the budget, Republicans. We defaulted because of you. This is a real worry that we need to start considering because Joe Biden is out there talking about he's not going to negotiate on on the debt ceiling, which is funny because he earlier he was talking about how uh, on the debt ceiling, it's just part of the negotiation process. And let's see if I can even can we try a cut, Gabe? This is going to be fun. OK, this is going to be um, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> let's go with a cut eight. You don't have it. <laughs> There's no cut A. Bro. All right, we're done. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Was... Go. Come on. Come on. Here we go. It was used as the means by unless certain compromises were made, we would default on our debt. There's room within the budget to fund those priorities. But it's going to be, uh, you know, what it ordinarily would be, a normal political battle. This is the debt limit. And it was, I, I don't want to use pejorative terms. Yeah, anyway, it that's it. So this is Joe Biden actually, as you can hear, he's coherent. That was many years ago when Joe Biden was still sharp. But he was talking about how this is just part of the political process, this debt ceiling stuff. But it's different now. Now Joe Biden is saying they're not going to negotiate on this. You have AOC out there. I hate that she has that acronym, by the way. Why can't we just call her Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez? Why do we have to have this, you know, Ruth RBG, AOC? We, we, let's not play their games. Congress, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez from a tiny little town in New York that has way too much power. She's out there talking about the largest contributor to the debt ceiling has been the Trump tax cuts. You know, she's and, and then you have Hakeem Jeffries out there, who's very eloquent, by the way. He's an excellent. I'm not going to take those cuts. He's an excellent speaker, but he's out there. House Dens are fighting to make life better for everyday Americans and extreme MAGA. They want to default on America. They're going to do the exact opposite. I mean, they're out there now. They're already setting this up to use this. Scotty, what do you think? Do you think there's a deal here or do you think they're going to take this thing over a cliff just to hurt Republicans to use this in 2024 and maybe uh, satisfy their means to redo the, like like Joe Biden says in his video, to fight for the soul of America. Because the soul they're looking for is not the one that loves freedom. What do you think? Yeah, well, when I was running for Congress, and I still believe in, and I, I think, for example, Congressman uh, Corey Mills is fighting uh, right here in Central Florida for what we believe in, which is holding strong to making sure that we uh, – adhere to having a strong fiscal responsibility because the, the reality is, like you said, we are in a really, really bad situation. And when you consider our kids and even grandkids or future grandkids, in my case, uh, the legacy, the future of America, we need to make decisions now. We've delayed it for too long. And the problem is, is if we keep delaying that, it, we will get to a point of no return. I still think there is hope. I still think that what, what they are putting forward right now is they do need to – what we're experiencing is a leadership crisis in Washington, D.C. No surprise here. But right. we need strength of leadership, and we need to push it forward, and we need the adults to show up, and we need to start making some hard decisions. The American people get this because we understand we can't just keep printing money. And so we understand that, hey, if you start spending more than you receive, you get into a really bad debt problem, and yeah. you don't have people come out and bail you out. Well, and yeah. we need to start making some cuts. Yeah, and, and you know, the real risk is 
we don't have anybody to bail us out anymore. China is starting to assert itself economically. Russia and China are making deals with Saudi Arabia. We don't have the ability to just pretend that we can spend whatever we want. If they take the United States dollar away from being the global currency, uh, the global uh, reserve currency, we can't just print money to solve our problems anymore. So this 30- and that's why I was running against yeah. No Show Soto because what these guys do is they don't show up until they have some, uh, some kind of uh, some marketing tactic of how they're getting their message out, but they're not doing anything about it. And that's why we need to get real conservatives showing up who are yeah. willing to do stuff, similar to Cong- Congressman Corey Mills and others. Uh, and that's why I had the House Freedom Caucus support me this last bill because we have got to have some strong conservatives who are fighting back. And you're right. China is not our friend. Russia is not our friend. Like, we have got to do this ourselves. We've got to come together and make a decision. And this should not be a red or blue issue. This is an American issue. This is a national security issue. We need to come together and protect our future. That's what this is about. Absolutely. And and, and let's, and you know, the Republicans did pass a reasonable bill. They, 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 remember, Absolutely. remember during, and I got a minute and a half left, and I'm going to try to say this quickly, and hopefully I don't talk too fast. But if you remember, during the elections, Republicans are like, we're not going to vote to expand the debt ceiling at all. I mean, there was a time where we were going to say no on the debt ceiling. Instead, they've agreed to a $1.47 trillion uh, increase in it. But they're going to, but they're going, or I'm sorry, they're, uh, I'm looking at numbers right now. But they agreed to an increase in the debt ceiling, but they've also limited spending, which is a responsible thing to do. Give a little, take a little. And while the Democrats are out there saying, oh, they're taking away all these programs. I mean, look, they're rescinding unobligated COVID money. Like, why is that a bad thing if you're not spending the money? How about the 47,000 IRS agents with guns? We, let's defund them. I think we can afford you're to. You're going to have to cut something. You're right. going to have to cut something. Exactly. You just can't keep spending. Exactly. I mean, that's just the and 47,000 agents with guns we don't need. I mean, there's other things, renewables and, and, and fossil fuels. Let's, let's, let's drill, baby, drill. There's lots of stuff we can do. Scotty Moore, the show is ending, you guys. I'm so sorry that we didn't get to more of your calls on listener appreciation night. And Scotty Moore, thank you for being let's on the get show. Let's extra hour. We yes. want more time. More cowbell. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you join me same time, same place, next Monday at 7. I'll be here. Gabrielle will be here. And we're going to get these cut straight for you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being the most important part of our show. Without you, I have nothing to do besides talk to myself. And I'm sick of listening to myself. See you guys soon.